If you are someone who is paying attention, and most preppers are, then you know that the world is getting crazier. A question I've thought about is, are we potentially entering a time when all the things that we have been so used to having seem to be a thing of the past or only for the elite? Even stuff as simple as pain relief. Hey, this is episode 741 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's episode, Make an Awesome Cayenne Salve for Pain Relief. I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found in the show notes. Hey, are you looking to up your preparedness knowledge? Don't spend time bouncing around the internet for the best preparedness content. Instead, sign up for the top 10 preparedness articles and get them right in your email. For $5 a month, you can get the top 10 articles from Prepper Website sent to your email weekly. You can choose to read them or drop them in the Pocket app and have them read to you as you go about your day. The Buy Me a Coffee link to the top 10 are in the show notes. But even if you're not wanting to get the top 10, you should still visit my link and see what I'm doing over there. I'm using Buy Me a Coffee as my social media and connecting with listeners there. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode. I am glad that you are here hanging out with me. Hey, listen, the world is crazy. I know that you know that, and it's just, it keeps getting crazier and crazier. You know, I'm recording this on Sunday morning, and yesterday, Saturday, there was two shootings, and one was a mass shooting. In, in fact, I thought both were mass shootings, but um, they're both unacceptable and not, I mean, just it just shows the craziness of this world. But uh, in Buffalo, New York, there was 10, 10 dead, three injured at a grocery store when uh, a man just decided to come in and open fire. And he live streamed it on Twitch. He was a young, a young person, and it, I'm just... That's just completely nuts, and it seems like it was racially motivated, and uh, not not something that we we need right now in this world. And then at the same time that was going on, and that I was seeing stuff like that on Twitter, there was reports of something happening on the other side of the country in L.A. And there was in, a, in another market, another grocery store, and so there's one person dead there. I don't have a lot more information on that, but it just you know that's that's crazy. It's like people are just going nuts. On top of that, you have the baby formula shortages. Again, that's, you know, I've, I've, I think I've mentioned that before, but especially looking at Venezuela, that was one of the concerns. You, you saw the baby, the diapers and the formula and the hygiene products and all those different kinds of things. And you just, man, it's just one of those things that just kind of sends off, you know, the spidey senses with, uh, with, with paying attention to all this. And then I've seen people post on social media um, that, hey, you, you know, what did people do in the old days? They fed, uh, they, they gave baby, you know, milk and goat's milk and, you know, people going back and forth. Kids can't, some kids can't digest that. And then, you know, it's like one of those things. It's just like, you know, your heart goes out to those people who cannot find baby formula, you know, and uh, it's just, that's, that's one of those things. It just keeps adding, adding on top of everything else. And then I have some friends in the preparedness community. We actually talked yesterday through Zoom. We kind of connected and I would share their names, but I didn't ask if I could. But you know them. They've been on the show before. And so we started talking about some of the things that, you know, we were hearing and things that are out there. And 
for instance, trucks, you know, the big 18-wheeler rigs, they're having trouble finding parts. And so they're they're making do, they're trying to, to do things. But, you know, there's a lot of overhead as far as the legal aspects and things that, you know, trucks need to be able to run on the roads. And so we're getting to a point where parts aren't being able to be found. And even these big companies who are able, you know, have a lot of money and can can throw a lot of money at the situation, the money aspect isn't even solving the situation. So you got trucks that can't get parts and trucks that are breaking down. We know that diesel is going up. There was a report on the East Coast that they're going to start to ration diesel. I don't know how true that is, but I did see that on some of the mainstream media reports. And then you know someone else who was in the group talked about just the logistics, having issues moving items and materials around the country. Like there's, you know, people, truckers, there's not truckers available to move stuff from one place to another. So again, you hear about this stuff on top of all the other things. We keep hearing about food shortages and all the things that that happen there. You know, Um, it just takes, again, I go back and I know that I mentioned this many times, but back when, when, when COVID was first, like things started locking down and we here in Houston, it was the livestock show and rodeo. And then that was like the signal that happened that caused everybody to go to the grocery stores and things started getting wiped out. And so it just takes one thing to set it off and cause panic. Even right, I mean, right now you go to the grocery stores and it was kind of weird. I, I go on early, early Saturday morning and usually it is stocked up the bread aisle, you know, and that's not that big of a deal, but normally the bread aisle is stocked up with no problem. It was completely wiped out. And it could have been that just the trucks weren't there yet and trucks didn't bring uh, the bread, but it was, it was completely wiped out. But right now there's, there's the thing, I mean, you go to the grocery store, you can get what you need, but it just takes one of those things that kind of set it off and cause panic and people start wiping out, you know, the, the grocery stores. And then it's just, Again, it becomes like this self-fulfilling prophecy. People go to the grocery store and then they they don't see anything and then they continue to panic and then people, you know, continue to panic and it just builds on top of each other. And then I can tell you that the teacher shortages are very very real. I mean, that is uh teachers are leaving in droves and some are retiring, but a lot are just saying, "Hey, I'm I'm done with this." And they're going on and they're doing other things. And I know there's some people in the preparedness and self-reliant a community that would say, you know, that's that's a good thing. Let parents homeschool and and let you know go to private school. But you know what? Some people just can't do that. Some people cannot do that. And so you're adding on to all the craziness that is out there. On top of teacher shortages, you have nursing shortages. Uh, I read an article where nurses are just they're they're burnt out. They're emotionally burnt out. They're physically burnt out. N- not only from working, but all the demands that the you know the, the hospitals put on on top of them all the the medical community has put on top of them with all the craziness that is there and so all our systems when you start thinking about all of our systems and you're probably wondering Todd how does this apply to what you're going to be talking about the title of of your your article that you're going to be reading but here i mean it's going to make sense to you here in just a minute all the systems that we have seem to be stretched right now I mean, really stretched to the point if something more was added, it could break. It's kind of like having that 
you know, an, an, an elastic or plastic sheet that is spread so tight and then one little prick can cause the whole thing to, to break apart. And right now, my view of preparedness is, is starting to change a little bit, where in the past, I mean, for me, it was, you know, looking at all those, the different scenarios, right? You look at EMPs and you look at, uh, you know, uh, nuclear war and you're looking at all the things that are out there, you know, the, the grid going down and you, you start seeing all, and all those things are very, still, I think, are important and relevant. But I think right now where, with pe where people are, I think people are more worried about just being prepared for everyday life, right? Being prepared for just things that, you know, you go, you, you want to go to the grocery store and you want to buy some formula for your kid and you can't find that. I mean, that's everyday life. I mean, I've never, I've never had that, that issue before in my life going to, going to the, the gas station and, and pumping gas. And we're, we're at $4. I mean, my local gas station right here, I know some of you are dealing with way, way more expensive gas, but for some people that just takes it to a point where they, they can't afford that. And that is just everyday life that you're dealing with. Uh, one of the other things that we we dealt with this last this weekend is we were sent. Uh, well, actually, I saw I saw an uh, an email in out there on social. Actually, it was social media that somebody had shared it out. But I thought it was very curious that my electricity provider and really the electricity providers here in in Texas. And I don't know how it works in your area, but because it is decentralized. Different people they they broker the different um, you know energy prices and and all that good stuff. So you can kind of jump around and you can pay different prices and you can lock in prices. It's not where it is in some states where it's just like it's a set price for kilowatt. And so you can you can kind of do that. So my provider, which they don't really own the lines, um, you know, so they really don't own the power lines. They just broker the energy sent out in, uh, actually, so they sent out a piece of mail, <laughs> you know, like old school. And I was kind of curious. I thought it was my bill or something. And really, I don't even have, it was, it was weird to get it, get it, I guess is what I'm trying to say, because my, my bill comes electronically through the email. But so I opened it up and basically what they were saying is, listen, ERCOT is saying, and that is the, the, the agency that deals with all the energy and stuff here in, in Texas is saying that there could be times when the the grid is, you know, we, we experience blackouts and brownouts and those types of things going into the summer. And they wanted to assure us that it's not their issue. It's not because of them. And, you know, it's not the electricity provider that's causing this. It's ERCOT that is not able to provide the energy for whatever reason it might be, you know. And so one of the things that happened this weekend is because of the heat, the excessive heat that we're experiencing down here in, in, in Texas, six plants are down. And, you know, this is like, uh, you know, ice storm Yuri all over again, where, you know, now it's not the, the, the cold, now it's the heat. And we have, uh, again, six plants that are down. And in reality, I think the, the article that I read said something about, um, that that would that that could power like five hundred and forty three thousand homes. Anyway, what one of the things that they were asking is between the peak hours of three p.m. and eight p.m. is to turn your AC up to seventy eight and not to like run the dishwasher, not to do clothes, not to do those types of things. 
And so, you know, that's, that's another thing. It was where, again, you start to see systems spread very thin. And, you know, what if eight or nine or 10 plants go down because of the excessive heat and for whatever reason it might be, you know, they're not being serviced or they're not taken care of, or they're not planning or or whatever, you know, just mismanagement. And then you have a bunch of people are like, you know, I don't want to deal with 70, a 78 degree home. I want it to be a lot cooler than that. And they're dropping it down really, really low and puts a strain on the system to where it all goes down. Kind of like what we were experiencing with, with ice storm Yuri, you know? And so we have all these things that we're dealing with. It's like, that's just real life. And how would you go about dealing with these things? And so when I'm thinking about this, this podcast and and preparing out there, I know that one of the things that we could be experiencing is shortages of pain relief. And we've talked about stocking up medicine and doing those types of things, you know, over the counter medicine. I really think that you should be doing that and rotating it out like you do food. I think that would be really uh, beneficial. But there are also some really basic things that you can do. Like if you had pain, you needed pain relief. Let's just say you had arthritis or you had some other kind of pain. You couldn't get to the store. The store didn't have your pain relief or you couldn't get your, your, your normal prescription for whatever reason then what would you do? You just, you know, a lot of people would just suck it up and deal with the pain. But what if there was easy ways of dealing with it? And so I went back into the archives and because I was looking for something different, I wasn't looking for like the end of the world as we know it type stuff. I wasn't looking for, you know, the zombies or anything. I'm looking for things right now that can help people with just everyday life. And so I found this article by my good friend, Gay Levy, who who used to run Backdoor Survival. Now, it's it's changed hands a couple of different times, but her articles are still there, and it's really, really, really relevant, I think. Uh, her stuff was really relevant and very practical and very easy. So I want to read this article for you because you might have people in your life who have pain who could really benefit from having a cayenne salve for pain relief. And it's again, it's not hard to create. You just need a couple of supplies and really most of them you probably already have. There's probably just one thing that you would have to get, beeswax, and you can, you know, you can still find that stuff right now. So you're going to you're going to realize how crazy easy this is to make. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, read this one here again from backdoorsurvival.com. The article is entitled Make an awesome cayenne salve for pain relief. And there are times when she's uh, she's writing and then she is quoting someone who has been trying this out for her. All right. So let's go ahead and read this article. A few months back, I made a batch of cayenne salve. It was simple to do. After infusing the ground cayenne pepper in olive oil, I added some beeswax and was good to go. My feeling was this. If a catastrophic disruptive event occurred, after a year or two, I would exhaust my supply of pain relieving essential oils And then what? The answer, I hoped, was to infuse spices and herbs in a carrier oil and use the resulting concoction instead. If I can turn the results into a salve, all the better. Fortunately, infusing spices and dried herbs is very easy to do. It does take a couple of weeks, but other than that, all you need is a carrier oil, your spice and herb mixture, and a covered jar. It really does not get much simpler than that.
Here in my own household, my first attempt at creating a pain-relieving cayenne salve was met with mixed results. I personally do not have many aches and pains, so self-testing was not an option. On the other hand, the survival husband is a walking pain machine. The problem was that he was achieving such good results, fantastic actually, with the birch salve that he was loath to change. And guys, there's actually uh, links here again for like if you're interested in finding out what is in that birch salve, you can come and click on this article. Recognizing the importance of having an alternative to essential oils for pain relief, I took my missive out to readers via the weekly survival buzz. I was thrilled to find a volunteer to test the salve, and now, two months later, the reports are glowing. This stuff really works on chronic pain resulting from woes such as arthritis, sore and stiff muscles, and more. When I sent my DIY cayenne salve to D in Oregon, I was cautiously optimistic about the results. I knew that D was already a proponent of natural medicine and cayenne in particular. It is one of the ingredients in the tonic she uses and also in the tonic that prevented me from having to have a root canal. Initially, she wrote and said that she had been having fun watching reactions to people trying your salve, only had one who didn't like it. Tried it on eight different people and each found it worked well enough they want to know where they can buy more. So, are you making enough to sell? So, nope, I am not selling anything. This is so simple to make that you can do it yourself. I needed more information, naturally, and asked about the type of pain that the cayenne salve appeared to mitigate. Here is what she had to say. As to your cream, I had a couple of people with arthritis in their hands who applied it. They felt significantly less pain almost immediately, enough so in a couple of weeks. I'll be hosting them so that they can learn how to make your salve. Another who has aches and pains but no DX, she, she too was helped enough so she could function without pharma meds during the daily chores. One young woman in her early 30s was having pain in her hips, no knowledge as to why. She applied it to them on several occasions and she has said it works almost as good as my pain tonic. She tried both now. I did have one who wouldn't try it since I had told him it had cayenne in it. As to myself, when my pain level gets to 7, using your salve and my tonic eliminates the pain for hours. There may be something to the idea that for some it takes a few weeks, but I didn't find any of that in my limited number of subjects. In further research, it seems even used topically, it helps the circulation. Enough so that one person who has tingling in her hands and tried it, it helped her to get feeling back into her hands. I do not begin to understand all this. I'm still amazed. So this is another one of those DIY recipes that is so simple it is embarrassing. I will first share the basic recipe that suggests some variations. Ingredients. Half a cup of olive oil or half a cup of each coconut oil and olive oil. One tablespoon of ground or powdered cayenne peppers. One and a half tablespoons of beeswax pellets cheesecloth. Then optional, you can have half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper flakes. So here are the directions. The first thing you are going to do is infuse the oil. This can be done in the top of a double boiler, but I found it simpler to use a Pyrex measuring cup or mason jar sitting in a water bath on the stove. Combine the oils and the cayenne in your vessel and set aside. Heat the water until it boils, then turn down the flame to low and let the jar of oil and cayenne steep in the water bath for about an hour. Turn off the burner. 
Stir up your infusion and let it sit for a while. After an hour or two, or the next day, it really does not matter, repeat the process in number two and number three. Optional, at this point, I got lazy and let my infusion sit around for a week. I am not sure whether that made it stronger and more potent, but it certainly did not hurt. Because I used half coconut oil before proceeding to the next step, I gently heated the infusion so that it was liquid again. After the second session, get out your cheesecloth and strain the infused oil into a clean glass cup or a mason jar. Hopefully, you will remove most of the spice, which, while not a bother, can feel a bit gritty on the skin. And so there are great pictures here of uh, just using the cheesecloth to, to strain out all the, uh, all the cayenne and the pepper flakes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, continuing on, she says, I actually set the cheesecloth on top of a small strainer to double strain, but this is, this is totally optional. Next, add the beeswax and return your infused oil and beeswax, beeswax mixture to the water bath. Set the burner on low and allow the beeswax to melt, stirring occasionally. You want a nice, slow melt. When done, pour your liquid salve into a jar or tin and allow it to cool. I have no qualms using plastic jars, but given a choice, I prefer glass jars. And again, plenty of pictures here. This will make about four ounces, but can easily be doubled or tripled. Note, if you grow your own cayenne peppers, you can dry them out and use a mortar and pestle to grind them up. Cayenne peppers are very easy to grow. Just a few bushes will yield all the peppers the average family will need, unless they eat hot peppers for every meal or something. So here's some variations. Here's the thing, the smell is not too pretty. That will not matter during SHTF, but to sweeten things up, plus add extra pain relieving benefits, you could add eight to 10 drops of clove bud or peppermint essential oil to the salve. You will want to do this before you add the warm liquid to your jar or tin, then stir it up a bit after the fact. Although I have not tried it myself, you could substitute ginger or turmeric or even combine one or the other with the cayenne. Both spices have their own healing properties that would be useful in a salve. The last variation I will propose is making your cayenne salve in a stick or lotion bar form. The only change in the formula would be to use 2.5 tablespoons of beeswax pellets. For some, rolling on the salve may be more desirable than dipping your fingers into a jar. I have purchased empty stick containers to use for this purpose, but you can also reuse old deodorant containers. So how to use cayenne salve. The salve is great for aches and pains, including joint pain from arthritis, sore muscles, stiffness, swelling, and inflammation. It is probably not a good idea to use on open wounds though, because it may sting. Also, it may stain, so be mindful of your clothing. That said, one thing you can do to prevent staining is to really rub it in well. You want, it, you want to massage it gently into your achy muscles and not simply let it sit on top of the skin. If your skin becomes stained, use a bit of vinegar to clean it right up. According to the University of Maryland Medical Center, it may take a week or so to begin to feel relief. Quote, may, or pain may get slightly worse at first, but then it may get better over the next few days. Capsation should be applied regularly several, several times a day. It usually takes three to seven days before you notice substantial pain relief. On the other hand, from what D says above, she has not found that to be the case. The bottom line, everyone's body is unique and your mileage may vary. 
Dee also offered up some additional information on Cayenne. Quote, now two things which people should know. One, Cayenne works to relieve pain, but it's also a blood thinner internally. So if you're anemic, this isn't something you should take without consulting your, with your doctor. If you're on some form of blood thinner, again, consult with your doctor. And then two, for those who produce too much iron in the blood, this will ease that condition because cayenne binds iron to it as it passes through the body. For those interested, here's an article to help you understand better, then consider what Gay is offering to inform you about. So there's a link here that uh, you can find out some more information. So Gay continues on in her article. She says, for my salves, I use the standard household spice that you can pick up at the grocery store. For storage purposes, I recommend buying in bulk then packaging the excess in a mylar or metallized bag with an oxygen absorber in the same manner as the rest of your food storage. For salve making purposes, a pound of cayenne will go a long, long way. If you are lucky enough to have a cool dark basement, storing in mason jars with an O2 absorber will also work. More of a challenge for long-term storage will be the oils, but then again, you could use 100% coconut oil, which has a very long shelf life. There really is a reason I purchase coconut oil in 5-gallon tubs. In a true long-term SHTF situation, oils of any type will become precious over time, but if I had to, I would get over the negative connotation and use rendered animal fat. There will always be options, just not those we are accustomed to. So truth be told, I still believe that using essential oils for pain relief should take priority over an herbal remedy. They are many times stronger and more powerful. They do not leave a residue and smell nice. That said, how much can you store? A five-year supply of essential oil is pricey. Plus, if you lack a cool, dark storage area and your home gets hot and humid, the shelf life might become limited to just a few years. The nice thing about cayenne is that it is inexpensive. Plus, you can grow it yourself. While I will not give up my essential oil salves unless forced to, it is good to know that I have some alternatives. Remember that Arnica salves are also useful for pain relief. They are available over the counter. Boyron makes an excellent Arnica gel for achy muscles. All right, guys. So um, there is that article there. And again, you can see that it was just very easy to make. And really, just the whole salve making process is really easy to make. So going back to this this idea of, you know, what if, you know, because Gay said in her article, you know, during SHTF, but we might not be in a full blown SHTF situation. We just might be in a situation where the the supply lines are not allowing things to get to us as quickly as possible. And how valuable would something like this be? Not just the cayenne pepper aspect and the, the pain relief aspect of it, but making salves that would be helpful for other people. It could be a side business, side hustle, if that was something that you were uh, inclined to do. And again, really the things that you would really need to buy are uh, the things you would need to stock up on are that, you know, the, the carrier oils like she had mentioned and then also the beeswax, which you can easily get that right now, still through through Amazon or, or wherever, wherever you want to find that. So again, thinking through how crazy our world is and what we can do to continue living life, at, you know, living our best life. I think that's the important thing is not just allowing the craziness in the world to get us into this depression and like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world and, and everything bad is happening because there's a lot of people out there. I can tell you that feel that way. 
but we can do things here to help ourselves, help our families, maybe help our neighbors, maybe even make a little bit of money. Again, you know, earning money, doing doing some of these things where you can help out other people in uh, who, who are feeling pain and then doing a little bit of research, actually just going to Backdoor Survival and clicking on some of these links will take you to some of the other articles that she has made or that she has written about things that she's tried out and, and has worked. Even like for her husband who tried the, the birch sap, who's like, I'm not trying anything else because this one, this one works, right? And so, you know, you might want to be to get into that article and find out about that one because it's not hard to make this stuff. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 741. Hey, don't forget, like always, I'm going to link to this article so that you can go check it out. Click on the other links. Look at the pictures. Again, realize how easy it is to make this. If you're new to the podcast, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click, click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. If you're looking for more podcasts, know that we have 740 other episodes that you can listen to. Lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.